turn to the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, as you're turning to Matthew 9, if you would like also to turn to Mark chapter 2, and then Luke chapter 5. Mark, Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 2, and Luke chapter 5. As you're turning there, I will preface this, you know, I, I want God's will and His way. I feel like I may come this morning in a preaching, or excuse me, a teaching mode for the few, first few minutes of the message, um, just to establish a foundation, uh, just to establish a few points of interest, and then, amen, we'll get right to it. Praise God. Matthew chapter 9, we'll begin there, verse number 9, and as Jesus passed Forth from thence, he saw a man <clears throat> named Matthew. Matthew's writing the gospel later, and he is writing about himself here. Sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he, Matthew, arose and followed him, Jesus. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans, many publicans, and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Thankful God is not uh, intimidated by sinners. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? These are the worst of the worst. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Going to Mark chapter 2. This is now Mark's version of the same story in verse number 13. And he, Jesus, went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. <clears throat> and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, or Alphaeus, or Alphaeus, or Alphaeus. sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many. And they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. And I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. How many are glad that he called you to repent? Now going to the book of Luke chapter 5, again, same storyline here. And after these things, in verse 27, verse 27, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, everybody say, he left all. He left it all behind. Levi left it all behind. He rose up and followed him, and Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? 
And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want to talk to our hearts today. I don't know if I'm going to be teaching or preaching. Boy, I just, I just want God to have his will. But I feel like this will help somebody in this house today. I don't know who this is for, but this is for somebody. I know somebody. This, this message is for this hour this morning. I want to talk to us on this, this subject, a view of Matthew. A view of Matthew. Help me pray that God would talk to us. Lord, I need you today. Pray and ask that you would anoint my heart, my mind, my soul. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Come on, church, help me pray this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody needs the touch of the Lord this morning. Jesus, I pray and ask you, Lord, to stir up the gift within us. God, let your anointing, let the unction of the Holy Ghost rest upon us today. Give us ears to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord this morning. I pray it in Jesus' name. Let this word go forth. I know it won't return void. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Many theologians have called the Gospels, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic Gospels. <clears throat> they, that word synoptic is S-Y-N, not S-I-N, not sin is evil or transgression, but sin, S-Y-N, is the same. Optic is a view. It's the same view or a similar view. They refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three Gospels we find in the New Testament. We find them in that order as they are the synoptic Gospels that they have a similar uh, view of who Jesus is. Amen. I'm glad I have a synoptic view of who Jesus is today. He is God manifested in the flesh. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but Matthew's Gospel has also been referred for by many for the last 2,000 years as the Gospel that was called the Jewish Gospel. The reason it was or has been, and it is referred to as the Jewish gospel, is because Matthew, of all the writers, really wanted to tell the Jewish people who Jesus is. Amen. Matthew wanted to tell the Jewish people. Matthew was Jewish himself, and so he wanted there to be no mistake or mistaken identity. He wanted the Jewish people to understand who Jesus was, that he was the long-awaited Messiah. Amen. He wanted the Jews to know that Jesus is the hope of Israel. He wanted the Jews to know that the hope of Israel had come to them, that God had robed himself in flesh. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. You find in Matthew's writing, Matthew referred over 130 times to Old Testament quotes, Bible verses, or references throughout his book of Matthew. Something he did to appeal to the Jews of his time was Matthew used the, the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. You, you won't find that phrase anywhere else but the book of Matthew. You find it there 32 times. You find Matthew using the phrase, the kingdom of heaven heaven. One of the reasons he did that is because it was a Jewish custom not to use the name of God. You didn't write it 
And if you made a mistake, you'd have to write your entire, entire book. In the Old Testament, they would write the entire book or whatever they were writing at that time. They would write it over. You'd have to. It was, you, you weren't even so, it was so reverent. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your, thy God in vain. It was so reverent that they, they didn't even want to say the kingdom of God. So Matthew would say, it's the kingdom of heaven. So as not to, uh, not to offend any of the Jewish readers of the book of Matthew. So you find, again, Matthew taking the extra step to show and to appeal to the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. Many times he makes references in Matthew to, uh, to the prophets and the scriptures that spoke of Jesus' birth. And he referred to uh, Emmanuel, God with us. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 2, he calls Jesus the king of the Jews. He wanted the Jews to know who Jesus is. Matthew also showed not just the divinity of who Jesus is, but he also wanted to reveal that the humanity of Jesus was also Jewish. Matthew began the book of Matthew in Matthew chapter 1 with the genealogy of Jesus' birth. Matthew chapter 1, he began his entire book by writing the book of the generation. That word in the Greek is Genesis. The book or the Genesis, the beginning of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Matthew wanted to begin at the very beginning that we need to understand who Jesus is. He is a descendant of the very first Jew. He's a descendant of the very first Hebrew. Hebrews talks about Abraham as being called the first Hebrew. Abraham was the first. And of course, he says, and he's of the lineage of King David. Israel still celebrates David as their king. Matter of fact, on their flag, they still use the star of David to represent David's kingdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Matthew wanted the people, the Jewish people, to know who Jesus is. He gave... Three sets of 14 generations there in Matthew chapter 1. And I'm not going to go through all the generations, but you can find the, the lineage of Jesus. He, he says, I'm going to take you to Ancestry.com biblically. <laughs> I'm going to give you three sets of lineage, of 14 set of each one of these. Trace him all the way back to Abraham, to David. Matthew also wanted to show that Jesus was the fulfillment of, of Old Testament prophecy. He wanted to show that Jesus was rejected by his own Jewish people. You see, he referenced Isaiah 53 when Isaiah wrote, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. It was Matthew that told us in Matthew 13 how Jesus was rejected by his own people when he returned to Nazareth. And he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. It was because his own rejected him that he did not do many mighty works in 
Nazareth. Matthew also wrote in Matthew 21, verse 42, when Jesus said unto them, Did you never read the Scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. It was Matthew that, that quoted Jesus saying how Jesus himself was saying, I will be rejected. I am the chief cornerstone. I'm rejected by my own people. He had a div divine heritage, but he also had a Jewish human, humanity heritage. <clears throat> Another thing that Moses did, I find, I just love, if, you, if I'm boring you this morning, you know, well, maybe next week we'll get back with the program, but I just love the Word of God. It's so, just, it's so amazing. It's just a tapestry of truth. I just love it. But Matthew also refer to some of you, I'm sure, already know all this stuff. Hey, man, I, I just love talking about it, all right? Just give, humor me for just a few minutes. I am a history major, all right? So let me just lay a little bit of historical foundation. But Matthew referred to Jesus also as a new Moses. Kind of interesting. He makes references to Moses as the deliverer, and yet Jesus is our deliverer. And like Moses was a teacher, but Jesus was a greater teacher. <laughs> There, there were similarities that Matthew pointed out, yeah, some of them very subtle, but there were similarities to the, 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 the birth, the life, the death of, of Moses um, but, and also of Jesus. And so he, he made a point to talk about how, like in, in Egypt, when they were in bondage and Moses was born, the king tried to kill all the babies, and so did Herod, and so did Herod at the time when Jesus was born. Kind of an interesting uh, connection. Made it a point that uh, Moses was raised by a stepfather. And so was Jesus, in a sense. Because Joseph wasn't his biological father. Because Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, makes it clear that Jesus, that when Mary conceived, she conceived of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Almighty God. Hello? Makes it a point to talk about how Moses walked across the dry ground on the Red Sea, and yet Jesus walked across the top of the Sea of Galilee. He's kind of like Moses, but better. <laughs> He's kind of like Moses, but a greater deliverer. He's kind of like Moses in some ways, and there's some types and shadows, but, but he's, even, he's even better than that. You see, he was appealing to his audience. They knew stories about Abraham. They knew stories about Moses. They knew stories, all the stories about King David. And Matthew was saying, you need to understand, this is the King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the Messiah, the one we've long been waiting for. In Matthew chapter 1, it's kind of like Genesis. Matthew 1 Matthew 2, Matthew 3, Matthew 4, Matthew 5. And I know the, the, the chapters and the verses and numbers were added later. But the first, we call them the first five chapters. Very similar in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In Matthew chapter 1, he talks about genealogy and the beginnings of Jesus Christ. Talks, gives his, his reference, genealogy, going all the way back to Abraham. And he says, Matthew even begins... In Matthew 1, the very first verse, the book of the generation. <coughs> that word literally means Genesis. 
the book of beginnings. And Matthew begins to give the genealogy of Jesus Christ and the story of how the angel comes and talks to, sees, talks to Joseph in a dream and Mary and Matthew chapter 2, it corresponds with the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, there's a miraculous birth of a prophetic figure who is pursued by a king wishing to kill a prophet. So too in Matthew, Jesus is miraculously born and then pursued by a king who wishes to kill him also. In Exodus, God brings His chosen people out of Egypt and leads them to the promised land. And in Matthew chapter 2, Jesus, as God's chosen son, is led out of Egypt to the promised land of Israel. A lot of types and shadows because when Jesus was born, His parents, they left. And where did they flee to? They went to Egypt. Again, what was Matthew doing? He was appealing to this Jewish audience. He was showing them our Messiah has come. Matthew chapter 3. It's a lot like Leviticus in some ways, which focuses on the priesthood and ordinances and the law, the necessary for salvation, all the rites and the rituals. And in Matthew 3, Jesus fulfills the laws, the rites, and the ordinances of salvation by being baptized by John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 4, it's a lot like Numbers, which details the Israelite nation wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, suffering from thirst and hunger and experiencing all sorts of temptation. But it's in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus wanders in the wilderness for 40 days, praying and fasting, suffering thirst, hunger, and even was tempted by the devil three times. He did that before he ever began his ministry. He had to go through his wilderness. A lot of types and shadows. Matthew, why are you focusing all this stuff? I'm trying to tell the people of God who he is. Matthew chapter 5, it's a lot like Deuteronomy, where Moses ascends a mountain and delivers God's laws to the Israelite people before they entered into the promised land. You remember the story when, Mount goes, when, when Moses is on the mountain and the smoke and the Ten Commandments and the laws? Y'all remember that? I can tell you the Jewish people knew that story. They knew about Moses and the Ten Commandments. They were trying to live according to those Ten Commandments and the, uh, really the total, the 613 laws that you find in, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You can find 613 of them. But it's also <laughs> on a mountain in Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus gives the sermon on the mount. And at the close of the sermon on the mount, he says, think that I am not to destroy the law. This is Matthew that tells this story. Jesus said, I am not come to destroy the law, but I am come to fulfill the law. Matthew was looking at all those Jewish people. And he said, God robed himself in flesh not to do away with the Old Testament, but to fulfill the Old Testament. He is the one true Messiah. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's God in the flesh. Matthew knew who, exactly who Jesus is. He was appealing, appealing to his audience. Well, Matthew, why would you do that? Because Matthew was Jewish. 
But one of the cool things, if you, I think it's kind of cool now. I don't know if it would have been cool then. But one of the interesting things, let me rephrase that. One of the interesting things about Matthew was not only was he Jewish, but he was a publican. Oh, wow. Y'all, y'all need to understand, you know what a publican is, right? You don't know? I'm going to tell you. The word is talonis. He was a, the, the literal translation is this, he was a tax farmer. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to farm some money. He was a tax collector. You, 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 maybe, let, me, let me try to explain to you what this means. He was the most reviled profession. <laughs> Ain't nobody is looked down upon as much as a tax collector. <laughs> Even today. <laughs> Not a single one of you want to get a letter from the IRS, Internal Revenue Service. Not a single one of you want to get a big old packet with a big old red stamp all over it. This is audit. You don't want them people coming to your door. How many just love paying your taxes? We don't have as many out here in California, but there's quite, there's quite a few of them back east. There, there, is, there is one down, I don't know, the, on the, off the 405, I was going down for a conference, work conference, a couple months ago. I was going down, and I was driving, and, and I was, fortunately, I was in the work car, hallelujah, and uh, I was driving in a, I shouldn't say this on the baby, shouldn't take this, but I was in the district car, and it was going, and I was just following the GPS, and it said, go this way, it's faster, because all this other traffic over here, pretty soon I'm on, and there's nowhere to turn around, it says a toll road. <laughs> I just kept on going. Bill me. <laughs> but they got a lot of toll roads back east. You can't get on that road unless you pay the tax. A little history lesson. You see, the time of Christ, the Roman Empire had basically conquered that entire region. And the Romans allowed people to have their culture. They allowed them to have their religion. But what they wanted more than anything other than their power and control is they wanted money. And they would set people up from that culture and that could speak those languages and had relationships. And there was people that were of prestige or whatever. They would get people and they would make contracts with them. And they'd say, you collect the tax and you give us the money. That was Matthew's job. He was a tax collector. He was a tax farmer. He'd go look at ways for money. And what they would typically do, and he was sitting at the seat of custom. So when you would come into the city or come to that road, he, there he was sitting there. This is going to cost you. If you want to come into the city or if you want to go down this road, you can go anywhere else you want to go. But if you're going to come this way, it's going to cost you some money. Boy, people just loved him. He was looked down by everybody. But they dare say, they dare, they dare challenge him because if they did, he's got Roman soldiers at his disposal. Hey, these people don't want to pay their tax. What? You couldn't mess with him. 
You see how popular he was? <laughs> you getting the picture? Matter of fact, this is crazy. This is, this is fun stuff. This is food for thought right here. There were some rabbinical, that rabbis, rabbinical, Jewish writers, 100, between 100 and 200 years after Christ, right? There was a couple. They even tried to write in a, a, a change or an addendum to one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. And they tried to write in, except to a publican. Never lie unless it's the government. I'm glad they didn't put that in. They couldn't change it. They tried. They really tried. Don't lie to anybody. Don't lie to your brother and sister. But if it's the tax people, it's okay. Boy, y'all getting quiet. Hope y'all being truthful on your taxes. I didn't even think about that in this message. But boy, whoo, this might be hitting home for somebody. I don't even know. Let's just say, from this point on, let's just be truthful. How about that? See, these tax collectors were known for lying about how much people owed them. Because not only did they have to get money, receive money, and give it to the Roman Empire, but they wanted to make a living. So they would charge people a little bit more than what they really had to pay. Oh, you talk about my favorite person. It's like the government calling you owe $5,000, but today you got a special $8,000 for you. <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. It's kind of like extortion. Didn't our country actually get founded by some guys in the Boston Tea Party and all that and said, give us liberty and all this stuff and, and no taxation without? <laughs> People don't like taxes. Isn't that crazy? People like their money. That's why I'm conservative. <laughs> I'd rather decide how to spend my money than pay uh, somebody else that has, well, anyway, that has an, a negative agenda. Well, hello. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just, it's just historical. Historical. I am going someplace. I know my wife's so like, man, I hope he's going someplace with this. I am going someplace with this. But you've got to understand that here, here is Matthew. He's Jewish, but he's a publican. He holds probably the most despised profession that you could possibly have. Matter of fact, <laughs> Matthew, here's Matthew, right? He's later writing his gospel. He's a former, let's just say, reformed publican. <laughs> he himself is sharing how Jesus referred to publicans. I'm just going to read it. I love Matthew 18. It's so cool. This is just good stuff right here. Matthew 18, verse 15. Brother Monks, we and I have had some great conversations, deep conversations on this subject. And, uh, and, uh, we see eye to eye on this because it's word of God. It's, I think it's pretty clear. We think it's pretty clear. But it says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Oh, oh no, no, that's, I'm sorry. That's a book of second opinion. Sorry. <laughs> moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. I heard Brother Ari Prado say that. It's hilarious. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If you have aught against somebody, you go to them. 
Say, I'm sorry, did I offend you? Did, and if I offended you, I am so sorry. Or you did this and you offended me. I, I, can, I don't want to have any ill will against you. Let's get it right. If you are sitting here today, I don't know who you are. If, if, if there's any, this is an if. If you, and if you're wearing the shoe, maybe you're Cinderella or Cinderella, but if you have ought against somebody, you need to go to them and say, I'm sorry. And if they've wronged you, you need to forgive them. You don't have to go tell the whole church about it. This is just good stuff right here. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, this is Jesus, this is God talking, right? If he will not hear thee, then take thee one or two more, that in thy mouth of two, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. He says, so if, if they don't hear you, and you take a couple witnesses, go to, again, it's a small group. It's not Facebook, Instagram. And if, she, if he or she neglect to hear them, then you tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him, this is Jesus, ready? Like if, if you, this person offended you and you went to them, they ignored you, they don't care. You took a couple of people, they still don't care. You put it to the whole church, they still don't care. This is how bad that is. Ready? Jesus says, Let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. You don't get any lower than that. Even Jesus, God manifested in the flesh, had the lowest view that you could possibly have of a publican. He's sitting in the seat of customs when Jesus comes to him. Even Jesus has a low opinion of a publican. God loveth a cheerful giver. That's why, I'm just going to put it this way, that's why this pastor is not a publican from the pulpit. I will never fleece the flock. If you want to give unto the Lord, you give unto the Lord. I, this was not in my notes or my message. I'm just, I'm just going to throw this in here because I feel the same. Uh, this, that's just not me because God doesn't, doesn't have a high opinion of publicans. <laughs> Where is he going with this? Would you hurry up and get spiritual? Even God doesn't have a high opinion of tax collectors. But here comes Jesus. Coming through Capernaum. And here's Matthew sitting in the seat of customs. This is going to cost you. And Jesus says, follow me. The world may have the lowest opinion of you. Even the things you do, God may have a low opinion of you. But he's still calling.
We cleaned up today. Hopefully y'all got a shower. Came to church. But when he came to you, where were you sitting? What condition were you at? What occupation were you serving in? You see, Mark and Luke, <laughs> remember the synoptic gospel, the similar, same view, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three. You find the story about Matthew and God calling him, also recorded in the book of Mark and also recorded in the book of Luke. Mark, Luke both viewed Matthew, but if you remember when I read those passages, they did not call him Matthew. They called him Levi. Mark called Matthew Levi. Luke called Matthew Levi. The word Levi literally means, in the Hebrew word, literally means to be joined with. To be a part of. When Jesus came his way, they called him Levi because he was joined with sinners. Matter of fact, when Jesus calls Matthew, Levi, to follow him, he wants to make him a disciple. And Matthew, Bible said, Luke records it, he left all that he had. You got to think this was his livelihood. This was his way of making money. He was probably a very well-to-do individual. The Bible says he left it all so that he might follow Jesus. They called him Levi because he had been joined with sinners. And what does he do when Jesus calls him? He leaves it all. He goes to his house. He invites all of his friends. Guess who they are? Sinners and publicans. Many of them. He called the, all the IRS over to his house. To have a feast with Jesus. And all those Jews were going. Jesus, do you know who you're, going, who you're eating with? Sinners and publicans. Jesus is going, I'm, I'm looking at potential disciples. I'm glad he saw not what I was, <laughs> but saw what I could be. <laughs> so what changes? Because in the book of Mark, let's just look at Mark for a second. In the book of Mark, in Mark chapter 2, Mark calls him Levi when Jesus calls him to be a disciple. And yet, the next chapter in Mark chapter 3, Mark does not call him Levi anymore. He begins to name the disciples and he calls him Matthew. What changed? His name changed. He was no longer joined in the world, but he was a Matthew. What does Matthew mean? Literally means a gift of Yahweh. A gift of God. He called you to be a disciple so that he might use you as a gift to his people. 
And Matthew was saying, hey, God called me a Jewish, righteous, self-righteous, sinner, publican. He called me so that I might write a gospel. So that I could give you the gift of Matthew. So that I could give you the gift of understanding. So that I could share with you just who Jesus is. How about Luke? Luke, you called, you called Matthew Levi in Luke chapter 5, joined with sinners. But you, you, you call him Matthew in the next chapter in Luke chapter 6. What changed? His name changed. Luke made it a point. He let go of everything. He let go of his greed. He let go of his sinful past. He let go of everything in position just so that he could be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Philippians Three brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Matthew, why did you leave everything behind? Why did you? Because I was tired. I was sick and tired of being joined with sinners, being joined with the guilt and the condemnation in my life. Why did you leave? Because I said I saw something better. I saw the Messiah. I came face to face with the Messiah. I was a Levi, but now I'm a Matthew. I want once was lost, but now I'm found. Somebody ought to help me preach this morning. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. If you are thankful that God gave you a name change, if you're thankful that you're not what you used to be, somebody ought to give him praise. And I've come to this pulpit this morning and I'm fixing to close, but God can take a sinner and use you. God can take someone that has a, just the poorest background, the most sinful background. You were, you were despised. You've been rejected by society itself. And it takes a lot in this society to be rejected by society. But you were so low, so bad, you were so abased. But God, who's rich in mercy, wherewith he loved us... He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that might be your past, but it doesn't have to be your future. That might be who you once were, but it doesn't have to be who you are today and who you will forever be. Yeah, I used to hang out with this crowd, but I'm hanging out with a different crowd. In the last chapter of my life, I was joined with sinners. But in the very next chapter, he calls me a disciple. He's not named, Matthew said, I was named with the twelve. I was a publican, but now I'm a disciple. I was a sinner, but now I'm a disciple. I was one that everybody hated, but now I'm a disciple. Even Mark and Luke caught in on the same thing. They're saying, hey, Matthew, we called you Levi because we, were, we didn't like you either. You were the scum of the earth. You were taking our money. And don't ever take a Jew's money. You're a disciple. We're following Christ. We're forgiving you just like you need to forgive us. We're not going to let any odd. You may, 
I wonder how much money he had taken from some of them before. Just a rhetorical question. I don't know. Maybe none. Maybe a lot. But they no longer saw him as a Levi. They changed and said, he's Matthew. You're no longer a sinner joined with the world. But you're a gift of God. I have come this morning. I don't know who this is for. But I rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. The devil's been telling somebody you. You've been joined with sinner. You have a past. You're a nothing. I remember what you did. I know everything about you. But God wants to tell you, hey, you're a gift from God. You are not who you used to be. You are not what you used to be. You are a gift of God. You're a gift to your family. You're a gift to the church. You're a gift to the society we live in. You're a gift of God. If you're thankful for that, why don't you stand to your feet right now and give God some praise. sitting but I've got a different table now I'm keeping different company now I'm following Christ come on Matthew what are you so thankful for I found the Messiah you can't you, you gotta hear Matthew wouldn't have just left for just anybody He wouldn't have left his livelihood, his way of living. He wouldn't have done that for just anybody. But there's something special about this guy. Matthew was well under, he well understood the scriptures because he referred to over 130 times in his book. He understood the law. He understood the historical law. He understood the Jewish law. He understood the customs and the traditions. And the scriptures and the prophetic utterances of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He understood who Jesus was. He said, I'm not, staying, I'm not sitting here. I have an open invitation to be a follower of Christ. I'm so thankful God came my way. Found me sitting in a pig's pen found me sitting in a, with a mindset of sinful mindset but God who's rich in mercy wherewith he loved us he came to where I was and oh thank God he pulled me out of the miry clay somebody shout hallelujah First Peter 2 and 9 but you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Second Corinthians 5, musicians come. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. 
Behold, all things are become new. You see, when a, when a sinner repents of their sin, is baptized in the name of Jesus, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, they are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. They're no longer joined with the world, but they are they are gifts of God. Ephesians 4, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I, I was unrighteous. Uh, my righteousness was as filthy rags. But now I've been buried in him, buried in Christ. I put on a new, I'm a new creature. I put on Christ. I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of him. Colossians 3 and 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, here's the difference. When we are born again, we are renamed. You see, my, my mom and dad had a name picked out for me before I was born. Is that right, mom? I hope you did. I better, better come. Yeah, she's not. I, I, Michael just wasn't on the spur of the moment, was it? You guys knew we're going in. Before you went in, when you went into labor, you already knew this boy. If it's a boy, it's going to be Michael. Because if it was, I was a girl, I'd have been Elizabeth, right? Thank God I was a Michael. No offense. Because I'd make a funny looking Elizabeth, wouldn't I? Thank God you didn't let my teachers decide. That's a whole other message. But when I was born, they put my name on a birth certificate. You see, when, when Jesus called Levi <laughs> to become a Matthew, <laughs> there had to be a name change. Even Simon, Jesus changed his name to Peter. There's other references in the Bible when there's importances and significance as to why some people receive name changes and when they did and why they did and how they did it. But suffice it to say, when I was born again, this sinner became a saint. This unsaved became saved. This unredeemed became part of the redeemed. But you see that what's cool about that is everything that my new name has possession of. <laughs> like, let the redeemed of the Lord. So I don't care how bad you think you are, how bad you think your past is. I mean, even Paul said, Paul, whose name was what? held the coats while they stoned Stephen preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talk about a bad person. Talk about a bad deed. I mean, that, you think about, talk about the psychological effects of, man, I was there when they killed Stephen and I was trying to persecute preachers and anyone that would t tell, us, tell the story because Saul was a Jew. But when he was blinded on that road to Damascus, he said, who art thou? Said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Your name's not going to be Saul anymore because you're going to have a name change. You're going to be Paul. 
And it's Paul that would later write, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death, this body of death that I was carrying around. He said, but I thank God through Jesus Christ. I'm not what I used to be. I said the other night, she said, I was born this way. Yeah, I was born that way with a sinful, but I've been born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And what I want to tell somebody today, or hopefully somebody will receive it, you need to have the view of a Matthew. I was the lowest of the low. But if God can save me, (laughs) He can save you. That's why it's Matthew saying and writing things, telling us how Jesus told him, go into all the world proclaiming the truth. Go preach the gospel to all the world. Because if God can save me, He can save anybody. And the greatest gift I think you can be from God and of God to somebody else is to win them to the Lord. Anyone thankful? You don't sit where you used to sit. (laughs) You're not walking in condemnation. Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How many are thankful you don't have to live under condemnation? God himself doesn't look down his nose at you when you're a disciple. He says, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I just want to open these altars this morning. If there's anybody here today that are just thankful that God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, I wonder if anybody would just want to step out and come and take a moment just to give God some thanks. If you remember, you were sitting in a pit of sin. Maybe you were like the prodigal. You had gone far away. But oh, thank God. There was, he made room for you again in the house. Thank God. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. You didn't have to stay that way. But he cleaned us up. He washes. He cleanses. He forgave us. He gave us mercy. He gave us grace. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not what I once was. I'm not who I used to be. My past failures do not define who I am. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to forgive yourself, forgive yourself. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you've been sitting in the seat of the scornful, stop sitting. Get up out of your seat. God's calling you to follow Him this morning. He's calling somebody saying, Hey, you're not going to be that publican anymore. You're going to be a disciple of me.
Somebody lift up your voice in gratitude. Somebody ought to lift up your voice, lift up your praise in gratitude and thanksgiving. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for having mercy on my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.